Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Man, it has been a great couple of weeks in my world. The sun is shining. There's not been a lot of rain here in Houston. So I am loving life and full of gratitude. And I'm most certainly grateful and sharing lots of gratitude for each of you who continues to listen, who sends me notes. Guys, you guys truly make my week when you share me with me your feedback and what you think about the shows, the ones you like the most, the ones you're not feeling so much that's how I grow. So I thank you for that. And I would really be overwhelmed and forever thankful if you would share your review on iTunes. I would, I mean, as we grow, the only way for other people to get here, all my craziness and hear from these powerhouse women and all the things that we're talking about is to grow and get in front of more folks. And by you writing a review, it doesn't have to be long because I'm one of those people who hates to write like super long reviews. I'm not greedy. Give me three sentences, one sentence, two sentences, and five stars. <laughs> Put that out there in iTunes. And if you don't have an iPhone and you're a Droid user, Borrow one from a friend. Surely you have one friend who has an iPhone you can grab real quick at brunch and type in a quick review for Brunch and Slay. Please do that for me uh, and continue to subscribe and share everything that you're loving. I can't thank you enough. And this week, we are so lucky to have joining us a woman who is a speaker. She is a creative mentor. She helps women of color clear oppressive conditioning and beliefs. So that right there in itself makes me want to know more. And I am happy to have joining us this week, Miss Kristen Iris. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. Thank you so much. You know, I can't wait to hear about how you're helping all of us women out here get past these blocks that we probably know we have, but don't really know how to identify. So I got to hear more about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, so I'm a creativity mentor and really helping creatives of color, like in particular, black and brown creatives. Like I really wanted to focus on that group of people and the old oppressive beliefs and conditioning. So what some people may call limiting beliefs, which I think has become kind of like a catch-all term, like like freedom or, you know, almost like it, it, it doesn't really capture it anymore is like, what are the old imprints that we have from childhood, from past relationships, from society, all the messages that have come to us that we've internalized, that have started to shape the way we show up in the world. They shape the way we step into our creative work or your business or your relationships and really don't allow you to fully embrace all of who you are because we're trying to fit in these boxes. And so what I do is I help those black and brown creatives to really clear those old oppressive conditionings and beliefs so that they can create that paradigm shift in how they live and how they do their creative work and how they relate to other people in really their entire lives. Wow, that's so important. So how did this come to be? <laughs> well, um, I actually, it's interesting. I actually started years ago with 
teaching yoga. Um, and what happened for me is that about, I want to say almost eight years ago, just everything in my life kind of blew up <laughs> and fell apart. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Um, and so I, I did like a yoga teacher training. I was doing body work and started, um, using yoga kind of in the same way that I do now, but in a broader, in almost a broader sense, like yoga for me became a place where I could really explore emotionally what was going on for me. What are my fears? What's my truth? What am I, um, like, what am I not saying? What, what am I holding on to? What's holding me back? And to really like feel deeply into that and to clear those things out in ways that I didn't even realize that they were holding me back, you know, that they were showing up in my life in, in these really entrapping ways. And so I wanted to use my practice or I wanted to use yoga to help other people to do that. And I feel like I, I never really quite got to being able to do that because just the way the industry is and like studios and different things, like in some ways I could, but I couldn't really help people dive into it. And a couple of years ago, I decided to switch and really move into online business and taking the lessons that I learned from the mat, from uh, experience, from different teachers, from different books, from different things that I had absorbed and used and put that into practice. First, helping writers, uh, just write like fiction writers, any writers. <laughs> and then I started to narrow that um, or I shifted and I, I was like, okay, well, I want to work. I want to help female entrepreneurs. And then I shifted that again and now I've come to a place where I'm like, I'm a creative. I understand the things that get in the way of our creative work and our creative flow are the same things that hold us back in other areas of our life that we don't necessarily realize. And like, that's who I really want to focus on is creatives of color and really helping them to navigate these spaces and honestly, these truths that they may not want to speak to themselves. They're kind of hiding mm. underneath the surface. Yeah, and so now that's something there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And helping them to really like dive into that and actually explore and be really honest with themselves so that they can free themselves from the things that are holding them back. Man, so whoo, where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love and I, I know I over people probably feel like I forget it. I don't care. I use the word love because I love a lot of things, but mm -hmm. I love that your story to getting to this process completely continuously pivoted every time you thought you were doing something you went in a different direction and now you're at a new space and to be able to help women of color in particular answer the call because a lot of times and i've talked about this a lot recently because of who we are and the skin that we're born in and the melanin in our beautiful skin we tend to have to conform quite a bit to fit into mainstream society we tend to have to constantly, you know, basically become different identities. Like there's a part of us that's for work. There's a part of us that's for home. There's a part of us that's for our people, our, you know, our girlfriends who look like us. And there's a part of us who isn't. And all those things can be binding and, and figuring out how to navigate that water and be and release all that, especially for a creative person. I can just about imagine how that stumps your creativity. Mm -hmm. So um, what is your background? Like, how did you realize it even stumble into yoga to realize that there was something there and, you know, that that was something that could benefit us on a grander scale? I, I mean, I was practicing, I was practicing yoga with, um, I was training martial arts at the time. Um, right before, wait, I'm trying to think when I did my teacher training. <laughs> 
so the year that I did my teacher training was like right after I had gotten my black belt, which was a very grueling process. And a lot of things surfaced in martial arts as well, which is why, you know, my history in martial arts is part of what feeds into what I get to bring to creatives in them navigating their old depressions. Uh, and so I was practicing and I was discovering these things on my mat. And then in doing that, I started to explore off the mat and really um, like actively dig into my own bullshit and figure, can I swear on the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought. Just wanted to make sure. Um, but I started to actively dig into my own bullshit and be like, what is really going on for me here? Like it was like peeling away the layers or like digging into a new layer. And just when I got into a layer, I'd be like, Ooh, that's it. And then, you know, like a week later I'd keep digging and I'm like, Oh my God, there's more underneath here. What's going on. And so I just discovered so many things about myself, but it's a continuous process. So like, as I was doing that and discovering things, um, that had been holding me back then just in living life, there were new things that were coming up that I was like, Oh, this is something else that I've got to dig into because something's coming up for me here. And so as I started doing the work for myself and then helping other people on the mat doing it, within like the, the scope that I was able to, that's when I, you know, like I, I started to get really passionate about it. I'm like, I really, I know that there's so many things holding people back that they don't even realize. And like, I only discovered it because I was actively digging into it because I was actively learning, actively trying to discover, actively exploring new avenues and new, um, even methods of doing so. And I was like, I need to bring this to more people. Like I, people need this work they need to clear it. And especially, as you said, as women of color and people of color, we are marginalized in society, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there is this constant trying to either prove who you aren't, proving that you're not the stereotype, proving that you're not whatever people's idea is of a black woman, or trying to prove who you are that people don't see because mm -hmm. they have this other idea. And that constant trying to prove or defend it puts us in this place of not really, of really wanting to be authentic and not really ever being able to. Whoa, <laughs> man, Kristen, you are taking it there. And you know what I love? You said something about, you know, do the work. And I've talked about that before on the show about how a lot of times we want a quick fix. But mm -hmm. I mean, number one, I've never, I don't know if I've ever made a black belt. So I'm a little afraid right now. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm definitely, I can see that you're a person who is dedicated and that takes a lot. So, I mean, doing that kind of work and identifying those things. And I think it's important to keep these conversations going because a lot of times we keep it a secret. It's our dirty little secret that we mm -hmm. are having to put on these two faces or we're, like you said, you just hit it on the head. We are trying to show you that we're not what TV and movies and media tell you that we are. Most of us are not. It's just simple as that. And the fact that we continually even have to have this conversation continuously um, is exhausting. It's exhausting. And, and, and even for me, in my opinion, we're having this conversation as women of color, but all women need to hear this conversation because a lot of times you don't know that you're ignorant about certain things until you hear it or someone brings it to your attention. So you yes. might not even be aware of the weight and the facade and the routine that we have to go through just to prove that we are different, how hard we have to work to shine, to show people that, you know, we are acceptable, so to speak, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. uh, choice. 
that's exhausting. And if you could at least just wake up and be conscious of the fact that that is what we wake up with every day. That's how we go into the office. That's how we drop off our kids at school. You know, that's how we pull up into our class at the university, that we know that there's a stigma. And just imagine walking around every day with this weight of this stigma and you don't, it's just something that we're born with. And then now you're like, you're saying you're, we're releasing that you're teaching people how to release that so that we can truly be our best selves. I mean, how does that start? What is that process like? So when I work with clients, um, honestly, the first thing I actually start with is getting them connected in, like connected into their body, connected into their breath. And so we don't do yoga because I, I do like video calls, but I do get them connected into feeling because your, your body has an immense amount of wisdom and we can spend a lot of times in our heads and thinking and analyzing and overthinking. But when we do that, we're actually like really cutting ourselves off from like the wisdom of everything from the shoulders down because your body has been with you your whole life. Your body remembers your experiences. Your body can remember experiences that you don't even consciously remember. And so when you can really connect into your your body and even just start building that connection, you, you connect yourself to the actual wisdom and all of this history that you're holding in your nervous system, in your energy body, like in your physical form that will help you to explore, like, what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? Like, what's my history with this? And so that's actually the very first place that I take people to. And then we start diving into like, what's your story? What's What's your, you know, like, what are your blocks? Where do those come from? Where did those stories come from? And digging deeper and deeper and deeper until we start getting into like the underlying root story, like way deep down. And then looking at, okay, now that I know that this is a story, like, let's say, like for me, for example, one of my root deep down stories is that people won't see me. And it's been reinforced in past relationships in all kinds of different relationships, in friendships, in grade school. It's been reinforced in so many different places in my life that people are not going to really see me. And that very root, root story created so many patterns in my life that were based off of that, that were perpetuating that, that were trying to prove that it wasn't wrong, which itself also perpetuates the story. And so when you get down to that root story, I help you look at like where all the patterns it's showing up in your life. And then we start changing those patterns because as you start breaking those patterns and creating new ones where you're not living into these old stories, that's when you can really step into who you truly are and you can really step into your creative work, your creative process and the life that you really want. Man. Um, that's, I, I, I think it's important to, some of the things you're saying, I know I definitely believe in as far as our bodies have lots of answers. You have to, you're basically teaching people to tap into their intuition too. And listening to your body is a huge part of that. So learning how to use the tools that we have to be our best selves and relax, that's so important. And there aren't a lot of guides out there. And a lot of people tend to think some things are frou-frou or that's not that's something anti-religious. And I'm saying that now because I've seen it happen at events I've done. Uh, as soon as you mention something that is outside the box, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people tend to start thinking, saying negative things. And I want to charge people to just open your mind and think about, you have tools. The same God that you talk about, that we all talk about, gives us these tools and resources. 
So getting quiet is a huge one, a huge part of that. And you guys hear me talk about meditating and getting quiet a lot because that is life-changing. Listening, and when I'm meditating and what you were saying with the breathing, that's a huge part of it. I can feel where that tension is. Now, what I haven't done is dig in and find out why it's there. Like these deep-rooted things that Kristen is talking about, that's something I'm going to have to charge myself with. Something I'm going to have to go, this is another form of therapy. There are so many levels to this. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. levels to this ish. Like, like you know, there's oh, levels yeah. to this. And, <laughs> and, I wanna, and I'm so thankful to have Kristen here to expose another level. There's something, there's a formula for everybody. Some people truly, all you need is to go to church on Sunday or maybe Bible study on Wednesday. And that's it. That gets you what you need. But when you're talking about that personal relationship, that space, because you want to grow, you don't want to just take your medicine to feel better. See, there's a difference. You can take medicine um, because you have, let's say a symptom. Let's say you sprain your, your ankle. You can take Tylenol and it'll take the pain away. Okay. It's temporary. The, the, it's, when it wears off, your, your ankle is going to still throb with pain. Or you can slowly but surely put a little pressure on that ankle once it's, as it's healing and be able to actually use it and do those exercises to go to physical therapy and actually heal it and learn how to land better the next time so that you don't sprain your ankle. See, that, that's the difference. We want to not just put Band-Aids. We want to heal as women. We want to grow. And the only way to do that is by finding, getting to the root of the problem. So this is awesome. You are, this is amazing, Kristen. Thank you. You know, on what you were just saying about, um, like medicine, it, this may be unpopular, but mindset can be a bandaid on a bullet wound. Like mindset can be that like Tylenol that you're taking because it's all about your mind. And here's the thing. If you know, like when people say like, Oh, okay, you have like your inner critic or you have this negative top, well just change the thought and then that'll change your actions. Okay. That's great. You change the thought, but the next time you go into an action, it's going to come up again and then it's going to come up again and you're changing the thought. And not that that doesn't work, but if you can actually dive deeper and actually discover, oh, where is this really coming from? Why do I have this thought? Why do I, why do I want it to be perfect? Why am I blah, 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 and start actually digging to the root. You can discover where that's coming from in the first place. Because the mindset is really like, it's really kind of almost the surface and being aware of your thoughts is the surface. And there are some people who aren't even aware of their thoughts, but when you really dive into what is it that left this imprint in you so deep that you have now changed your behaviors to navigate around this thought or around this belief or around this conditioning so that you can unravel that, that is where you start to really step into your power. Yeah. And this, and I, and I, and I know we talked a lot about what society thinks of women of color. That was, that was, I guess, just a, a nerve that strikes with me. I guess that's one of my deep rooted issues. Ooh, Ooh I got some me too. You know, but all of us, that's why I want to work with, that's why I work with creatives of color because we do have societal things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I talk about four key areas of influence when I work with clients and it's society is like the greater, like that's the most macro. Okay. So there's society and then there's culture and culture can be different intersections. So it could be black culture, could be Christian culture. It could be like all, all kinds of different cultures. And then there's like relationships, any kind of relationships, friendships, past relationships, but the impact of these relationships, now we're getting a little bit smaller. And then there's family and upbringing, which is like from when you were really young and that small unit and the impact that they had. And so you have these different layers, but as people of color and as women of color, 
that society, those societal messages, they're crappy. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, they're crappy. They're crappy messages about who we are, about who we're allowed to be, about how we're allowed to act, how, how we're expected to act, how we can wear um, our hair. Yeah. How we're, how we're allowed to be sexually. And like all of these things put limitations on us because they come from like out of the womb. Like we come out of the womb and society is like, you must be this way. You're not allowed to be this way. We see you this way. You are not appreciated, you Mm -hmm. know? And so those are some messages that not everybody gets, but we as women of color, we definitely have to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And we have to dismantle them. Yeah. And I, and, and I know that a lot of those things, it, it's just women, period. You're dealing with a lot of weight uh, of what society says you should be, what makes you a good presentable mate, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we put so much <laughs> weight on what we're supposed to do storybook wise, which is not realistic. Storybooks are not real. You know, they're called fairy tales for <laughs> just the name fairy. Okay and tell i <laughs> when you say it out loud you break it down it's like why do we continue to let our daughters read cinderella like why oh my god right <laughs> why i was one of those and i am one of those people i battle with that i don't want to take away from my child's childhood but i also don't want her thinking she has to wait on prince charming to come give her this her dream life yes. i don't want that I, I want her to know that she can create it herself and i think those things as women period are things that we have to continue to challenge. I'm glad the conversation has started, but I also wanna, you know, we can talk about like now that we see things like the Women's March and all this empowerment and Me Too, those are great things for conversation. But a lot of that, we've been having these troubles as women of color, Indian women, Asian women, black women of color forever. Mm -hmm. Now that it's on trend, we're talking about it, but we're still not addressing, we're still a subtopic at the bottom of the list. We're a speaker that you add for diversity, for, for yes. picturesque reason. And that has to stop. And I think the only way for that to stop is for us to honestly have these conversations and connect with one another, connect with other women like you and I are connecting right now and keep these conversations moving have events about these conversations and and this doesn't mean we're having hatred events we can have them with cocktails and have a good real grown-up conversation Mm -hmm. let's lean on us each other as a community of women who have this common ground and let's heal together let's let's create workshops like what Kristen is doing let's create opportunities to dive deep so that we can truly heal and that our daughters don't have to see this version of us i don't want my daughter to see me cowering i don't necessarily want her to even see me have to put on those sec that second face (laughs) I don't know know how I know to start. We're starting right now because I, like I said, I just had a little therapy realizing that that's huge because it's really been weighing on me a lot lately. The more I grow brunch and slay, the more for me, it was important in starting brunch and slay to be inclusional for all, for all. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say for all, I'm not saying that to, to be on trend. I mean, for all meaning, um, I initially thought when you say, when I say women of color, I'm just kind of like you, like all women who have traditionally been underserved. That's the all who I originally thought would be attracted to it because I knew who's attracted to my personality. And it's typically like that Mexican women, Indian women, mm-hmm. uh, black women, because they, they see something that we can all kind of connect with. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so when I started it, I did, and it was well received by other women. And all of a sudden I started to see different changes and I couldn't figure out what that was. And it really upset me. I, and I don't know why it did. I just kind of felt like, you know, I'll be honest. I know why I did. 
I felt like we are constantly having to go places where we're the only one in the room, where we have to, we don't have a choice because there aren't a lot of options for us as far as even gathering and doing social things. And then as soon as someone who's different creates something, folks seem like they were uncomfortable being around a lot of brown women and, and, and Mexican women and Indian women. I'll just say it, you know, yeah. that bothered me because I thought, how dare you have the nerve to feel uncomfortable? We feel uncomfortable every day. <laughs> exactly. And that's something that a lot of white people don't understand. It's like, we are constantly, especially, and I would say, especially as a black woman, mm-hmm. um, we are constantly having to fit into white centered spaces and Mm -hmm. spaces that are catered towards white people. And so when you talk about an inclusive space, it can't just be diversity. It has to be a space that is actually inclusive of the issues and the voices of people who are not white Mm -hmm. and letting those voices be uplifted and heard and not shut down or silenced or tone policed or or gaslit or whitewash or any of those things. And that's, if you've never had to navigate that where you've never had your voice shut down because you know that someone's not listening to you because you're a person of color or because you're this or you're that, then it can be hard to understand what that's like because you've never experienced it. And that I feel like has been, it can be a challenge for a lot of white people is like they don't necessarily notice that because they don't necessarily have to experience it, but we experience it all the time. And so when yeah. you're the only brown person in, a, in the room, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> because you're representing everybody. You know good and well. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. You know, as soon as you say something crazy, they're, they're, that's them. You know, she's another angry black woman. Or you uh-huh. know you've got the weight of the world as the represent, national represent, representative in that room. That's what you are. You know, and it's funny, like even listening to you and listening to me, tap dance around saying white people. Yeah, I was. I totally was. I straight up was. We both just did it. And I'm literally, I'm sitting here, I'm getting, I'm getting loud. I'm getting animated. (laughs) But we both just did it. That means. Yeah, I'm like, why am I tap dancing around saying white people? Because that's what I mean. I mean, white people don't have, they have the privilege of having spaces catered to them and not having to walk in and worry that they're going to be, you know, shut down. We don't have that privilege. Every time I go someplace, it's like, not that it's necessarily active in my mind, but there is a little bit of like a, what, what's going to be the response when I say something, what's going to be the response when I talk about my experience. Mm -hmm. I've had my own friends shut me down when I say, well, X, Y, and Z about how black women are treated, or this is what I've experienced. They're like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, I literally just told you that that's what happened. Yeah. And you just completely dismissed what I said. Yeah. This is what I have to deal with all the time, you know? And those things, even those experiences, they perpetuate these old oppressive beliefs and ideas that can send us into back into old patterns that are really disempowering. Man, we got a long way to go, Kristen. Oh, we do. I know I'm, that's I mean, why we do this work. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, whoa, ho, Nelly. This is, this is, I wasn't expecting this from this <laughs> interview. And I'm loving this conversation. I'll be honest with you. I'm loving it. I feel a little relief. I feel like a little, little breath of fresh air, you know, just to be able to say some things out loud and to share this with the community. And I definitely want feedback on this episode because I'm sure folks have a tons to say. And I want to hear from people. If you listen to this show and you are a white person, I want to hear your thoughts. And I don't want to hear anything that's going to make me want to find out where you live and drive by your house. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear constructive feedback. I want to hear if you really want to know more about this conversation, because we can put something together. 
we can oh, yeah. create a space um, where we can have an open dialogue because I think it needs to happen. Didn't know we were going to be doing that in, in this call, but um, yeah. So I uh, know neither did I actually. And this is not to vilify white people. Like, no, I'm not, not at all. White people, but there is a there is often like a, a lack of awareness of what it's like for brown people to navigate white spaces that white people don't understand. And, and honestly, if they could build more awareness of that, of what it is like, just even, even having dialogue, even listening to our experiences and understanding, oh, this is what it's like when they walk into a room and they're the only one. And understanding yeah. what, that, what challenges that brings up for us, that, that paves this, the way for more inclusive spaces. For, for more of listening to our voices, for more of listening and uplifting our experiences so that more people can understand and start shifting the way that they operate in those spaces with brown people coming in. Oh yeah, I think if, we, if we're gonna talk about civil rights and, 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 our, and if we're gonna all of a sudden be marching and thank you. I, I'm glad that we're doing things for trans people and we're doing things for, for the gay community and we're making sure that their voice is heard and trying to make, I, I hate to say mainstream because that's so disrespectful to the gay community. I want everybody to be accepted and anybody who has something that makes them uncomfortable, we should be knowledgeable of that. But black people have been here since America began and we have not been given that same support. Um, as far as making us understanding what makes us feel uncomfortable and making it mainstream and making things acceptable. You can say affirmative action. You can say all those things, but let's just be real. You know, black people truly weren't free until after the civil rights act passed. So we got about 50 years under our belt of truly having opportunities to grow. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and systemically we are still, we are still denied opportunities. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many people out there are, where they get denied a job or they get denied the opportunity because they have dreads or they have natural mm -hmm. hair or, or whatever other reason, or they have a, a different sounding name. Oh, you know, systemically, yes. yeah. systemically, we are still not given the same, we have to navigate opportunities differently, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And so that's something that, that needs to be broken down. And that's why, that's why I do what I do is to challenge these oppressive power dynamics and systems, you know, to get, brown and black people even more aware of what's going on with themselves so that they can show up more as who they really are in the world. Be you. So, oh yeah. Be authentic. Be own, yes. own all the parts of yourself because the more of us who do that and we step into the world fully embracing the wholeness of who we are, the more the more it's undeniable, like the, the, the harder it is for people to just shut you down or put you in a box because you're just showing up as you are instead of trying to prove that you, that, that box isn't you. Oh yeah. But you know what? As much as I, I just hate the culture jacking that's going on in some ways, it's great because now that big booties are on trend and full lips <laughs> are on trend, our beautiful is being recognized more and more each day. I'm just, I mean, tanning has always been on trend. Let's just be real. I'm just waiting to see when chocolate is going to be the new, new tan. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that it's would be coming. bad. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, there's, it, it's just, it just goes to show you that we are number one, we are beautiful people. We are beautiful people and, and all people are beautiful. And I love that Every culture is made differently, but mm -hmm. to have folks thinking that their full lips were bad all these years, yes. 
or that they're dark skin. Yes. Their big booties were just too big designers. You know, you know how hard it is if you have a big rump to go get jeans, you know, or, you know, to find the right dress when you have that tiny waist and that big ass is the guys love it now, but now it's on trend. So that's, that's all they talk about. That's all that's wrapped about. That's all that some people are made famous by having, you know, there's plenty of black women who could have started Instagram accounts years and years ago, (laughs) showcasing their derriers, you know, but you know, I guess we just didn't have the right gene pool, (laughs) you know, or how one person can wear box braids and, or, and now all of a sudden they're boxer braids and they're on trend and it's so cute. Yeah. So I, 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 in some ways it's annoying as hell because we've been doing this, we've been in this thing. Um, but in some ways it's great because now we can actually wear that stuff in public, you know, and we can do it and we are accepted and people are looking at us differently. So, you know, the conversation just has to keep happening. And in some ways, you know, it's flattering because the women, you know what, the women are saying, I like it. And in a roundabout way, they're saying, I like what you're doing. I want to do it too. It's beautiful. Yeah, I gotta say it bothers, it bothers me and it bothers me because I mean, I totally get what you're saying and that it's, it's popular, but what I see a lot is like white people take like adopting some of these things like the braids or cornrows and it's trendy when they do it, but they're still calling us ghetto when we do it. Mm, and yeah. so there's this cultural appropriation of I'm going to take it because it's cool or it's edgy or it's Mm. on trend, but I don't actually appreciate the culture and the people that it came from and the struggles that they even have to deal with in showing up in that way themselves, you know? So that's something that it does bother me. Like I, I guess it's good that it's, it is more, um, I guess it's good that it's more acceptable if you want to put finger quotes around that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't like the way that, that our, our culture and things that come from our culture get snatched up without yeah. the I mean, appreciation it's good and for it. I don't like when- And then we, we get, get vilified credit. for it as well. Yeah. I don't want you saying that Kim Kardashian created, created cornrows. Oh my gosh. I don't want you seeing that because if you pull off a lot of wigs right now, you'll see a bunch of cornrows. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, I don't like that part, but I get what you're saying. It's definitely a a fine, fine line. It's a fine, fine line. And we can either relish it and stay mad about it, or we can find some kind of good and own it. You know, that, that's the thing that really sucks. But starting a conversation is the first part. Now yeah. we could talk you can about this. Appreciate without erasing, without oh, erasing yeah. the culture it came from, yes. or vilifying yes. the people that it came from. But I think sometimes appreciation is good enough. You don't have to necessarily take it yourself. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> at some point, you know, imitation is not always the the, the best form of flattery. It is not. <sighs> it is not. It is not. It is sometimes it becomes a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, especially when you don't give us our credit. Give yes. us our due. You know. <laughs> But, you know, I could, I could definitely have this conversation and go all day, probably. But I want to definitely shine a light on a couple of things that you have and something you're doing special for the Brunch and Slate community. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Unblock Your Dream Life? Yes. Unblock Your Dream Life is, it's a free video and workbook guide that is, um, it will help you. And it's not just for your dream life. It says unblock your dream life because you can use it for like your big vision for your life or you can use it for a particular project. But anywhere that you're feeling blocked or stuck or frustrated, like I know that I want to move forward with this, but I something's in my way and I'm not sure what it is. That's where this video and workbook guide will help you because it's going to help you to uncover those limiting beliefs, those old ideas, those old impressions and thoughts that are really getting in the way and also where they come from. 
Like what are some of the things in your history that are lending itself to these ideas so that you can have an idea of what needs to be cleared or healed or shifted out of your path so that you can move forward with what, what, uh, which, whatever it is that you wanted to do, whether it's a creative project, whether it's um, a relationship or an aspect of a relationship, whether it's um, your big dream life or some other endeavor, it's all about getting clear on what is in your way so that you can move it out of the way. And you also have a six week program coming up. I do. I have a six week group program coming up called creatives of color, power, and magic. And this is, this is going to be a six weeks of getting clear on it's for people who you have a creative endeavor or a project or something that you are not moving on that you are ready to move on. You're like, I, whatever it is, that's blocking me. I'm ready to clear it and take really big action and get it going. And so we are going to be navigating through what's the old story. What's the old crap, basically the oppressive beliefs and conditioning that is holding you back and then clearing the path for yourself. So what needs to be shifted? What needs to be um, adjusted? What needs to be healed? Clearing that path and then taking big action in your creative endeavors. So there's gonna be some interesting elements to it. It's gonna be an exploration in also really looking at how you commit, your, commit to yourself and creating a paradigm shift in how you commit to yourself in your creative work. And so also learning how to even when those things come up, those old ideas, those fears that would normally have drag, drug you down and held you back, how to still navigate that and move forward, how to not let that stop you. Wow. And so you're creating a community of choices. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it is going to be, um, right now, I think I have it maxed at, it's going to be maxed at 20 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be an intimate group and there will be weekly calls where we're going to do a live training. I will be doing a live training with them and then also a mentoring call. So, um, mentoring on live on the call in the group atmosphere, each person gets a little bit of mentoring from me. So you're not only getting that one-on-one feedback and guidance for me, but you also get to see other people get that one-on-one feedback. And there's so much that you can learn from watching other people navigate their, you know, navigate what's going on for them and, you know, speak their truth and explore their struggles and meet their own challenges and step forward. And so you get the training and you get that as well. And there will be some built-in accountability to make sure that you stay on task throughout Mm -hmm. the six weeks as well. It's going to be, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. This is a um, a new program that I haven't put something together that's quite like this before. And so I'm just so excited to bring it to, to bring it to the world. <laughs> no, I can hear your voice, but you have something special for the brunch and slay audience. Uh, yes. So the, that, that's the, um, for the brunch and slay audience is the unblock your dream life, which is the video and the workbook guide. Right. So, so how can, can I get actually, that? Yes. So just special for you guys, you can go to kristeniris.com slash brunch and slay. And that's where you can go and get the video and the workbook, which will be sent directly to your inbox so that you can print it out. And honestly, it's a workbook you can use over and over. That's one of the things that I love about it is when you have another block or another something else that's coming up that's in your way, you can go back and navigate through the different steps and it'll really help you to break down what's going on. Love it. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes, show notes guys, and in our email um, to go with this episode. So in the spirit of Brunch and Slay, I have two questions that I ask all our guests. Mm-hmm. Number one, 
what area are you currently slaying in your life? Ooh, so um, I got to say I'm slaying in the area of nourishment. <laughs> um, and so what I mean is I, at the end of last year, I had kind of a medical crisis. So the end of 2017, I had a medical crisis and looking, um, having to slow down, like I had to stop business for like six weeks. I had to kind of stop everything. Um, slowing down, I was like, I'm not willing to operate from this place anymore. And I'm not willing to operate from a place of like survival or scarcity or all the different negative places I was operating from. Like, where do I want to operate from? And I decided that I, from now on, want to operate from nourishment and creativity. And so that break gave me the time to really pull back and look at what would that be? What, what is nourishment for me? You know, and nourishment, it's not just like self-care or taking baths or things like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That stuff is good. But it's really, for me, is like, setting myself up every day from a place of nourishment from I nourish myself first and now I can move forward with whatever it is that I'm doing on that day. I can move forward in alignment. So I actually have a morning ritual that I do every day that is about three hours long. What? <laughs> that's how I, yes. Three hours. How did, well, yeah. you're an entrepreneur, so you, you can make your own schedule. So we'll, but you know what? <laughs> and I got to say for a long time, I was like, oh, I should have a morning ritual or I should do this. And I, it was like, I would wake up and I'd go straight into work mode and I would hustle for like 18 hours. And then at the end of the day, I'd be like, oh my God, now I can eat. And then I would zone out on Netflix. Like that was not nourishment. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hustling. And now I'm like, it's not about it's not about push, push, push. It's about how do I nourish myself first? So it took me some time um, to be able to like really say, no, this is my morning, this is my morning ritual. I don't say routine because routine has a, a connotation of like mindlessness and mm-hmm. habit. Um, but this is my morning ritual. I, I adjust it. You know, I, I'm tinkering with it a little bit, but I've got it pretty solid. And these are the things that are going to nourish me. This is how I want to start my every day so that every Every day I can move into my work, into my creativity, into my interactions with other people from a place of feeling really nourished and full and like juicy. Ah, juicy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. So now this Saturday, you can brunch with anybody in the world that you want to, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Octavia Butler. Well, hello. She is, was, she is dead now, <laughs> um, but she is, or was a science fiction and fantasy um, writer. And she, her writing really changed the game for me because I'm a writer. Like I was a writer before I was anything else. I was a writer before I was an entrepreneur, before I was teaching yoga, before anything else. And um, my writing for a long time, I actually just did a video about this on my YouTube channel, for a long time was very white centric. Like my characters are white, they live these little white lives and had these white problems, even in fantasy and science fiction, because that's what I saw. And then when I came across Octavia Butler, which was in my early twenties, that was the first time I read myself on the page in a science Mm -hmm. fiction or like in a fantasy and science fiction story. And I was like, I could be like, I'm like, I could play this character in the movie, you know, like this could be me. And so she really opened me up to like seeing me on the page. And I was like, oh, I can, it was like this light bulb moment. Like I can write myself. I can write brown people. I can put black people on the page. And so she really changed the game for my writing. And just the things that she writes about, like her stories. If you have not read one of her novels, go get it. Um, the, 
the things that she wrote, it just, it was a really interesting exploration sometimes into slavery, but in the context of science fiction or in the context of like um, the future, like Afrofuturism a little bit. Um, She's just, she was really, she was an incredible writer and she's really inspired me. And so if I, I could have brunch with anybody dead or alive, it would be her. Whenever someone asks me a question like that, like, who would you have dinner with? Who would you have tea with? I'm like, Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you, Kristen? How can they support you? What, what are your handles? What's your website? I know you kind of mentioned it, but yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, you can find me on my website, kristeniris.com. And also on Instagram, my handle is Kristen Iris. And I also have a YouTube channel, which I can give you the link to because it's a really long link. <laughs> right? Come on, YouTube, get with it. We're tired of these yeah. long channels. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> but if you want to do the short link, it's bit.ly, L-Y, slash K-I, YouTube. And you can visit my YouTube there where I have videos, uh, anything from like humor, social commentary, tips, to cre- tips for creatives, or like short films. All of those things really for creatives of color to help inspire and incite creatives of color into action. Yay. I'm so glad we got to share this conversation with the, the tribe too. today, Kristen. Um, can't wait to have you back. I am sending vibes of abundance your way and wishing you so much success on your journey. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And guys, I... Again, cannot thank you enough for listening to us on your commute as you work out, as you cook dinner or whatever other way that you do it. I thank you and I am sincerely grateful for all your support. Um, I ask that you please review so that we can continue to grow. iTunes, iTunes review. And until next week, I'm Amira and thank you for brunching and slaying with me. (laughs) 